Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Jason Sircone. Jason is a brand builder, strategist, creator, and podcaster. He helps entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals leverage the brand building power of the podcast medium to establish authority, increase visibility, and accelerate growth. He's also, he also hosts Evolution of Brand, a podcast featuring self-defined entrepreneurs and professionals sharing inspirational stories and tactical brand building strategies. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jason. Thank you very much for having me, Diane. It's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. I am thrilled to have you here, and we are going to be talking about you know, using podcasting um, to do brand building. So I, I just want to start like right out of the gate, asking you to explain to the listeners why entrepreneurs and professionals in all niches should utilize you know, the podcast platform to build their brand? Well, the ability to reach so many people is probably at the top of the list. And when I say that, you have this opportunity to connect with audiences every single time you appear as a guest on a podcast. If you're developing your own show, you have this opportunity to connect with your audience and continue, continuously and consistently bring them quality content that they can really grab a hold of and utilize to learn and get informed by, pick up new perspectives, find answers to problems they may be having. And in doing that, that's going to endear you to them. And that's going to turn them into brand advocates, which is ultimately a long-term goal that you should be seeking. But in addition to all of that, the networking opportunities that the podcast platform offers cannot be measured anywhere else. Podcasts are the greatest digital networking tool in the world. And I will scream about that until I'm blue in the face. You can accomplish so much just by having these conversations with fellow podcasters, with fellow professionals, with like-minded individuals. And there's a process to it. So if you come into this, treating it like a valuable platform where you're looking to build a relationship versus trying to just make a transaction. I want to come on your podcast and I'm going to sell my goods and then I'm going to leave much like we talked about before we hit the record <laughs> button, Diane, many people are locked into that mindset to where they have to be in sales mode 24 seven. But the, the podcast platform gives you an opportunity to take a step back, have some valuable conversations, get to know somebody, share some ideas. And when you help create that valuable content, everybody wins. So with the podcasting platform, I, I, I'm big in the personal brand space. And if you're looking to build a podcast or be a guest, you are building your personal brand. It's all about doing it in an effective manner that's going to serve you for the long term. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of it is, I know for me, part of it is that when people can hear me, 
they can get a sense of how I think, how I interact, you, you know, so, so they can identify, do I really know what I'm talking about? And am I someone they would want to even explore working with? Mm -hmm. Because it's that, you know, people buy from people thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, for the con the connection part of it is it's huge. You think about a typical sales process, and if somebody is looking for information, say they use a search engine, they find you through a random search, they really don't know anything about you or your brand. So they're digging through your website, they're looking through videos, they're looking through social media, whatever content is in front of them, they're going to be doing their due diligence to make sure that before they take that first step in reaching out, you're someone they want to work with. Right. If they hear you on a podcast, a lot of that early legwork is already done for them yeah. because you're presenting them with all of this great information that's going to start to establish some trust. And once you present this in a way to where you solve a problem for them, just because they heard you on a podcast, whether it's your show or you're a guest on another show, if you've done that for somebody, instinctively, what people will do next is say, what else can they do for me? What else can this person solve in my world and, and, and make things all warm and fuzzy? So when they go to your website, to your social media, they follow your call to action that you leave them when, when they hear you on a podcast, you have all of these chances to bridge that gap much earlier. And then when it comes time for them to make a buying decision, you're front of mind. Right. And that's huge. And you alleviate a lot of that long-term drawn out sales process just by having an impactful message that gets spread across the podcast waves. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's remarkable. So you, you've said um, throughout this that, you know, whether you have your own podcast or you guest on someone's podcast, do you think people ultimately need to have their own podcast in order to maximize their return on investment on I, you know the podcast platform i would say no and 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 that's that may come as a surprise to many of the great folks listening that in order to really leverage this platform having your own podcast is a great way to proceed but there's a lot of work involved and I've talked to a lot of people who have built their brands just by finding shows that are relevant to their mission, their message, and their objectives, and collaborating with those podcasts and hitting a home run, being a resource, being an asset when they come on as a guest. And they treat it in that networking capacity where they're looking to build relationships. They're not just trying to make a sale and then get out of there. If you want to start a podcast, it's absolutely a good move, but you have to understand the work that's involved and make sure that you have time to do it effectively. Because the only way to truly grow a podcast is to show up consistently for your audience and bring them quality content each and every time you publish a show. And if you're not in a position to where you have time to do that, or you have a team that's going to help you do that, being a guest is much more effective. At the same time, while you're on a guesting campaign and you're talking to audiences and podcasters and you're really getting a feel for your voice and you're gaining confidence and you're telling your story in a more compelling fashion, it may make you fall in love with podcasting a little bit more to the point where you say, okay, this has been great, but now I want to have my own show. I have a feel for this and I feel like I could be a host as well. Because Diane, you, can, you probably know there's a big difference between hosting and guesting. 
Yeah. And, and you really have to have the mindset for both. And that's why I've talked to other podcasters that have done this as well. And I, I've asked them, listen, if you could go back, would you start your own show first or would you be a guest first? And every one of them said, oh, I'd be a guest first. <laughs> and I think it's, you know, it's a testament to the work that we put into this medium to, to make yeah. it shine and to make it sizzle. But at the same time, we understand making those connections through a guesting campaign can open up so many opportunities that are going to transcend the podcast platform and lead to multiple forms of growth. So really what it comes down to is what works best for your brand. Yeah. But I, I would say if I'm talking to anybody, I always talk about the guest element first, and then we build from there. That's interesting. I, I really, I like that concept. And I'm really glad that you have talked about the networking aspect of podcasting, because that was not something I was expecting when I started, but it is absolutely true. And, mm -hmm. and those, the opportunities that come out of, you know, being a guest or being a host or doing both, you just have no idea right. what they're going to be. It, it's like any networking that you do. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that's why I put so much emphasis on being a valuable resource and understanding what you're getting into when you look up shows to be a part of. If the show's content does not align with your objectives, it's really a waste of time for everyone. Yeah. And there's probably not a lot to be gained there. And a lot of people will fall into that trap of the more shows, the more exposure I'm going to get. But if it's not getting, if your message is not getting to the right audience, then it's falling on deaf ears and really all you're getting is practice, but it's more beneficial to get that practice speaking to an audience of people that are going to respond well to your message. Right. So yeah, there's a lot to be gained from it, but you have to make sure that you approach it with the right mindset and realistic expectations for what it can bring you. Yeah, that, that is for sure. And, and I'm really glad that you brought that up. Are there um, other ways that you see guests like dropping the ball? A big element is the, the spray and pray method, which I just recently touched on, which is just reaching out to any podcast that's out there and looking to get a guest spot. And Diane, I'm sure as a podcaster, you can attest to this. You've probably gotten pitched by people that have no earthly business being on your podcast. Yep. It happens all the time. And a story I always tell is I, I have a podcast called Pod Theory that I'm not actively producing content for as we speak today. But it's about 136 episodes that I did. And really, the content is geared towards other podcasters and just some simple tips and strategies for doing better with podcasting. And up until the, the second season that I ran, I didn't really do a lot of guest spots. I was just doing five to 10 minutes of me monologuing, talking about some tips. And in this time frame of doing that, I got an email from a gentleman wanting to come on my show and talk about how fireworks scare dogs during the 4th of July. <laughs> And I just, <laughs> and that email probably got more circulation than he expected because I started sending it to other podcast friends. That I was like, this is what we're dealing with. This is what uh -huh. I talk. And, and they were like, yep, I get these all the time. And all that's time. a waste of time for everyone. Because if you're not doing your research and finding out if the show makes sense for you, then you're just sending an email that's going to get no further than that first inbox. And it's going to get deleted exactly. rather quickly. And I think I, and if I recall, this was a couple of years ago, I think I responded just saying this show is not for me and here's why. And I tried to give him some coaching and I never heard anything again. So whether it was even real, who knows? Yeah. But the point is that that's a big thing that people miss when they're reaching out to shows. 
is just making sure that it doesn't that it's aligned with what they do so it can be impactful when they arrive to make a guest appearance. The other big area where I see people dropping the ball is, and this is what I'll say real quick, not having equipment. If you're going to be a podcast guest, but you don't have a microphone, you're doing things a little backwards. And I'm not saying you have to break the bank to have a microphone, no. but you, can, you need to have something that projects your voice in a powerful way that makes you sound professional and that you're legitimately putting care and effort into your guesting efforts. Podcasters are going to appreciate that because the higher quality content they can produce, the better it is for the audience and everyone wins. So if you're talking into an internal microphone, stop doing that. Get yourself a hundred dollar mic off of Amazon. Right. There's many out there, many options for you. I would say one of the biggest areas where people drop the ball is not putting any value in their pitch or I call it a presentation. I think presentation just sounds better. Yeah. But in that outreach process, they're just saying, hey, I'm a seven-figure earner and I've accomplished X, Y, and Z. Put me on your show. You know, as a podcaster, if I get something like that, of course, I'm happy that you've accomplished some great things in your area of business. That's phenomenal. But what kind of value are you going to bring to the show? I need right. to know what we're going to build some content around in order to have a good conversation that's going to create impactful content that people want to listen to. Yeah. And people don't necessarily get drawn in because you're a seven-figure earner. They want to hear a compelling story. How did you get to that point? What struggles did you face along the way? Right. Bring some value to the microphone and tell me what you're going to talk about in that respect. And now you've got my attention. And that's where a lot of people fall short is they just think this list of accolades is going to earn them guest spots. But Diane, this is something you mentioned to me before we started recording that really stood out is that you're selective about who you bring on your show. Yeah. And I feel many podcasters are getting that way just because they've been duped to some degree. Someone's coming in with this very shallow presentation and they're bringing them on based on that, but then the value isn't there and the conversation falls flat. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit more selective about who you're talking to. And as you're making that presentation, you can set yourself up to be that valuable resource that they need to connect with. So you have right. to do a little bit extra work but it's going to pay off because if you do everything that you say you're going to do in your presentation, the podcaster is not only going to sell you to their audience and tell them, this is why you need this resource in your life. They may be friends with four or five other podcasters. And I'm going to connect you with everybody because you need to be on their show as well. Yeah, exactly. So now you're multiplying your opportunities to get your message spread yeah. and to build your brand in this capacity. So again, being a valuable resource versus just coming at this blind it's going to take you so much further in the long run. Oh, I'm so glad you said it. So, you know, uh, as a host, I someone had to say it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure.
You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Is there, is there like a, um, this question may sound a little strange, but like a really powerful benefit of podcasting that most people overlook or ignore? I think the, the networking for me, there, yeah. there's a couple, the, the networking's huge. The SEO benefits are tremendous, especially on the guesting campaign. When you are going on multiple shows, you're putting multiple links out there pointing back to your website. And that's, uh, that's a piece of advice I'll give anybody that's being a podcast guest, point people towards your website, a domain that you own versus a social media platform, because you want that traffic coming to your best resource. And if your website is your hub, which it should be, that's where you want people landing. So I think that element of it is big. I, I would say those are probably the biggest two and those are the two that I try to focus on the most in the guesting campaign. But I think one of the big aspects, if we were to put an overarching theme on it, would be just the passive nature of this form of content. And the way that people can consume your voice on a podcast versus something in video format, or if you were to release a blog or a, a featured article somewhere, that's all well and good. But people have podcasts in their ears when they're driving, when they're at the gym, when they're doing chores around the house, because it's passive, because it allows you to consume great information while you do other tasks. You can't necessarily consume and absorb information the same way if you're watching a video, because your eyes need to be on that video to, right. to the, a big degree, not 100%, but same with reading. You can't drive a car and read a blog article. If you are, I don't want you on the road anywhere near me. So Get away from me. Exactly. And, and that's really why podcasts have become so popular is because people can take them with them everywhere. Yeah. And the power in that is enormous because people will work a podcast into their routine. Diane, if they know your show is going out at a specific time every day of the week, yeah. if they are in love with your show and they love the content you're producing, they're going to listen to you every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. as they ride the public transit to work or while they do their cardio for that day. Right. Whatever the case may be, you're worked into their life and you're in their ear for that extended period of time. No other platform delivers that. And therefore, you have this ability to take your brand to an enormous height because the more people hear your voice, the more they're going to know, like, and trust you. It's tremendous. So I would say those are probably the biggest three that I could, that I would lean on. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I think those are huge, huge. So um, now you say that it is imperative that a podcast guest closes out their interview with a unique call to action that points to their website. And you said this a minute ago about, you know, drive people to your website but will you talk a little about that unique call to action? Because I, I don't think people get 
this part either. Like I've had people where I've said, so, you know, how can people find you? What have you got going on that people should know about? Best place to connect with me is LinkedIn. Like, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's a tendency to want to not have any FOMO in our world. So we're going to point people to wherever we are. And that's why you'll hear some of these wrap ups. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that frustrates me the most when I listen to a podcast and I'm truly impacted by what this guest has to say. And then when it comes to the wrap up, they start naming off ICQ handles and AOL instant messenger names and every social media network. And maybe their website gets worked into there, but it's paralysis by analysis. And what ends up happening when you have too many calls to action? No action. No one does anything. And you have to think about the listener in that minute. When they're listening to your podcast, it may not necessarily be in a position to where they could jump over to Instagram or jump over to Facebook or go to social media. But if you if you can give them one destination that really stands out, that's going to give them the easiest way to connect with you. And like I said, bringing them to your website allows you to control the narrative more. If you send them to Facebook, you send them to Instagram, sure, they may follow you and like what you have, and that's fine, but your website should have links to that as well. So they can come to your website, which I used this horrible analogy before, and I'll use it again. It's like the keg at a party. Back when we were all in college and you'd go to a party, the keg was always the little hub in the middle that everybody gathered at, right? And then from there, you'd branch off into different areas of the party. Your website can serve that same purpose. You want everybody to land where you can control the narrative. And the website I'll provide when we get to that point here in our conversation, Diane will do just that, but allows me to have a little welcome video, say thank you for listening to me and Diane, have a great conversation. Here's a free guide that you can use to evaluate your personal brand, things of that nature. And then from there, they're on my website. They can check out some of the other free offers. They can set up a discovery call. They can get a personal brand audit. All these things that I do, they're now on my site and they can learn more. If they go to Facebook, it's pretty limited. So I let people make that decision. And this is why I think you have to really be as zoned in as possible with this as a podcast guest, because you have to, again, think of the listener experience. They are just assume they're driving their car. So you have to give them something they can remember. Now, most podcasts will have a link in the show notes and that's all well and good. But if people are committing this information to memory, via the audible mode, make sure you make it easy for them and don't hit them with paralysis by analysis. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I'm really glad I asked that question because um, one of the biggest points is I think that people usually listen to podcasts when they're doing something else. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they, they can't, um, they they aren't necessarily going to be able to, to write anything down. Yeah. And another element to add to that is the fact that social media is constantly changing. These podcasts are evergreen. You want them out there for as long as possible. And I'm not saying that Facebook or LinkedIn or anything's going to go away, but your link may change at some point. Yeah. But typically in most cases, your website's going to stay constant. Yeah. Right. That's a great point. Now, now let's shift over a little bit to, um, uh, hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give someone uh, for improving their podcast? Best advice I can give anybody. And this is something that every podcaster will love because they can do it immediately and it costs $0. Ask better questions. 
That is the number one element that you can do to improve any podcast is to get below the surface with your guest and ask them some compelling questions that will elicit responses that are going to lead to a great conversation, to a great back and forth. Whenever I hear a, a guest say to me, no one's ever asked me that before. Yeah. I know I've won. Yeah. Because they're about to tell a story that they've never told on any other podcast because no one's ever asked them that before. So not only are you getting this story captured on your show, now you have your promotion piece that you can clip and you can use to promote the show and say, so-and-so broke some news on my show and you need to hear the whole conversation, yada, yada, yada. But Podcast guests go on multiple shows and so many times they get asked the same questions over and over. But if you're going a little bit beneath the surface, it allows you to get some information out of them that's really going to make your content more engaging. And that's really what you need to grow because you need to have captivating content that you present to your audience on a consistent basis. The more they hear compelling conversations on your show, the more they're going to keep listening. And then they're going to turn around and tell friends, family members, colleagues, I've been loving Diane's show. You've got to listen to this too. Okay. Based on your recommendation, I would love to check out this show because right. we do so much based on recommendations in today's world. Yeah. And a recommendation is going to go much further than a social media post or an ad or anything of that nature. So if I, you've got one listener on your podcast and they turn around and they tell another person and then that person listens. Now you have two. You're just doubled your audience and that's how the exponential growth will start to kick in. Yeah. So, you, so it costs $0 to ask more compelling questions and you have to think about, you have this very small window of opportunity to get the best possible conversation out of your guest. Take advantage of it. Do your best to dig beneath the surface and really get into something that's going to stand out. And that's going to take your show much further than just by asking standard surface level questions. I think that's great. And, you know, I think the listeners can tell when, when the host is really um, engaged in the conversation or when they're just running through like a mm -hmm. list of questions. Oh, 100%. And I mean, I've listened to podcasts where I've I've had the, the benefit of having guests on my show who have also been on some pretty big shows. And I've looked at the questions that I've had and I've gone and listened to a couple of their appearances and found that the, the, the hosts just asked the questions verbatim as they yeah. were given. And to me, that's, again, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if that's how you want to produce content, if it's working, then it's working. It's yeah. far be it for me to pass some judgment down. But when I look at that, I'm saying, okay, I don't want to do exactly that. I want to give everybody something different. So I'm going to take these questions and I'm going to expand on them. I'm going to go a few layers deeper to come up with some different responses because I want information that hasn't been shared on somebody else's show. Because if you're getting a repeat on my show, why would you listen to it? Right. Right. So for me, and that's, that's a big point. You know, I, I take my content very seriously. And when I do research, I try to get a feel for what people have done on other guest appearances. And that allows me to take that content and, mold it and sculpt it. And I may only ask three or four questions from my format, because if we get a good conversation going, I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. And, and that's really, you know, for me, that the organic conversation that just goes back and forth and we have so many good things to rap about, that's the win for everybody. Because I think in, from a listener's side, as a podcast listener, I would rather listen to that than someone then just rattles off these questions. And 
will actually kill a conversation yeah. because they feel like they have to get all their questions in. And that's that. Yeah. I mean, that to me, as we start to evolve in this space and you start to get better at your craft, you're going to see that people respond much stronger to content that's compelling and engaging versus something that just looks like you read a script. Absolutely. So do you think then from a, from a guesting standpoint that when people are pitching, they should, let's say the host says like I do, you know, give me questions. Do you think that they should mix it up? They, they should not just, you know, copy and paste their one sheet and send those questions over, but they should, you know, send different questions. That is a phenomenal question. And I'll be honest with you, Diane, like I said before, no one has ever asked me that before. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a tremendous approach. And that's something that I recommend to anybody that's preparing a one sheet that has suggested questions. Don't make those service level either. Because nine times out of 10, what you just suggested is going to happen. People are going to get these questions. The work's practically done for them. But if they're not surface level questions, you're going to get surface level answers on your podcast. So whenever I get suggested questions, I always take those and try to alter them to a degree again. So I'm going a couple layers deep just to make it a little bit more interesting and hopefully eliciting a response that's never been heard from. Yeah. And I think that's a phenomenal approach to not do the whole job for everyone, but just to take a couple questions and you can send, maybe you have a list of 10 and you send four or five to this podcaster here. And then the right. next day you send the other four or five to another podcaster. Yeah. I think that does allow the variety to get spread around a little bit. And then every single interview and every single guest appearance you make would be a little bit different. So what I 100% get behind a strategy like that. Yeah, because otherwise, so, so the thing with, why would they listen to my podcast when they heard the same thing on someone else's? The same thing is true for the guest, right? Like, why mm -hmm. would I listen to you say the exact same thing on three different podcasts? Right. And, and that's in. where, I mean, I think, you know, to, to a, a, a large degree, a lot of people, when, when they are listening to a podcast, they, they, they're a lot of reasons to fall in love with the podcast is because of the host. Yeah, And they're going to come to that podcast because they trust the host and what they give them every week. And they know when they hit play, they're going to hear something that's engaging because this is what they've delivered me every single time I've pressed that play button. Right. So in that mindset, the guest is a compliment to it. So if the guest comes on and can also be just as impactful, that's how the guest is going to win in this space. But it's a two-way street. The host of the show has to make sure that they are setting that guest up to shine. Right. And again, when you do this right, and this is one of the big things I teach with anybody I'm working with is this is how everyone wins. You're, you're trying to create a scenario where everybody involved is going to get something from this. As the host, you're getting great content that you can share with the world. And as more people find it, they fall in love with your show and they share it with others. Now you've got real tangible growth. As the guest, as you make that impact, you're contributing to the, the, to the growth of this content and to the birth of this content that more people can hear. And if your message is well received by that audience, now they want to follow you and see what you're doing so you can help them even more. So the guest wins in that respect. And then the audience gets good content each and every time they hit play. So everybody that would be involved in this scenario walks away feeling better. And I feel like as this podcast medium continues to evolve, 
we have to get to that point where we're respecting it in that capacity or else we are going to fall short. The learning curve is a lot flatter than it used to be because if you turn into a podcast and there's a three or four minute song intro followed by a 15 minute monologue before it ever gets to the bulk of the show <laughs> in the TikTok, Instagram real world where you have a few seconds to capture attention, people yeah. are out. They're on to the next show. So you have to engage people as quickly as possible and, and set them up to know exactly what they're going to learn. And then when they get to that point, they're actually learning and they're entertained and they're getting exactly what they showed up for. So there is a process to this. And I feel like it's going to continue to get, it's going to continue to demand more of our respect as we continue to move forward. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I think people need to pay attention that we've seen this kind of thing before where a platform or a, a particular uh, show anywhere will flame out yeah. because, right? Or what, what we used to call it, jumping the shark, right? Because it just <laughs> stops being interesting. Yeah. Podvade is the big yes. term. And that's, you know, there's a number of reasons why Podvade can set in. And I've seen this happen a number of times. And I mean, there, there's, you know, there's always personal reasons. So if something like that were to come into play, then that's of course unfortunate. But one of the big reasons from a technical side is I think people come into this thinking that it's going to be this instant success. I've got a podcast and because everybody listens to podcasts, they're going to listen to mine. And when that doesn't happen, they, they fall into this trap of trusting a download metric to guide them in the process. And when that happens, it's never, it's never good. When you're starting out, I encourage and challenge any new podcaster to not look at their statistics for the first six months, because there's uh, a lot that there's a lot that needs to happen in those first six months. Not even from a number side, it, it's it's developing your skill set. It's getting comfortable with your voice. It's learning the process of putting a good podcast together. It's consistently having content available for your audience. You can control that, and that has nothing to do with download metrics. But if you look at that number too early you may get discouraged thinking it's not big enough. In reality, it's all arbitrary because what's big enough when it comes to a download number? Most people don't come into this saying, okay, I've got to have a thousand downloads or I'm out. <laughs> but that's what, when we look at those stats, we sit there and say, oh, well, this isn't big enough. I had a client that told me that once. You know, if we had 5,000 downloads, I'm like, what? <laughs> when did you ever think that was going to be a reality? I mean, at least in the <laughs> beginning, I mean, down the road, sure, but we have to build. We have to consistently be in front of the audience in order to do that. And that's where, again, those download numbers will totally mess with your mind. And they'll make you believe that you're not doing something right. But in reality, what's happening is you're not in control of that number. You're in control of the quality and the consistency in which your content goes out for your audience. And the more you do that, and the more you put focus on that value, the more listenership starts to grow. And that takes time. So if you're willing to commit time, and this goes right, right back to the beginning, another reason why I suggest guesting first is you have to be willing to commit yourself at least a year, a minimum of a year yeah. to your podcast project. I would say two is even better. If you're I would too. really want to get this thing off the ground, put two years of effort into it. And because you're going to start to see those results towards the end, you're, the beginning is all about building the foundation. And then you can continue to, prog pro to progress from there. Well, and I had heard that, um, which I embraced, 
uh, that it's not really necessarily about the number of downloads, especially if you have a really niche audience. Mm -hmm. It's about having a really, you know, faithful and committed following. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, that's 100% right. I think that's something that, you know, that's, we, we live in this world where we are constantly succumbing to these vanity metrics and some people will feel I'm just not getting enough likes. I'm not, I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that. And it can completely derail your efforts because your mind is not in the right place. Podcasting is exactly the same. I've talked to people that have a very small newsletter subscription base, but they know when they have to sell something or they have something to sell that is a loyal base that responds. You know, I'd rather have a hundred people that respond than a thousand people that do nothing. Right. And it's the same thing with the podcast. And you never know when your show is going to truly hit those astronomical numbers. But even if they never do, if you've got your loyal base of listeners that are consistently showing up, they're responding to calls to action, the value that you put out is coming back to you in spades. What more can you really ask for? And that's to me, the power of building your personal brand in this space because you are attracting the right people and in a lot of ways you're repelling the wrong ones which is actually funny as we sit and record that was the episode that i just put out today is that on my right? podcast talking about that very subject and attracting the right people you make they may come in waves you may be a huge, a huge chunk and then it plateaus and then you get more over time but the more you're consistently putting good content in front of that audience, the better it's going to be for your efforts. Because again, you want to be recommendable. You want people to tell others to check out what you're doing. So if you focus on your quality and you focus on your consistency, good things are going to happen in that respect. And you can control that. You can't control these vanity metrics that so many of us get hypnotized by. I, that is so valuable for people. Wow. I mean, this whole conversation has been valuable for people, Jason. I, I really yeah. appreciate you spending this time and, and sharing all of this from both sides of the microphone. It's really outstanding. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Happy to do it. Will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you? You said it was going to be a, a website link. Yep. Go for it. Come over to jasoncircone.com slash podcast love, and you'll be able to pick up a guide that I just put together that's available for everybody, eight simple ways to grow your personal brand with podcasting. And I'd be happy to connect with anybody that would like a personal brand audit, which can involve looking at what you're doing with social media, what you're doing with your podcast, or anything else that you would like to uh, take a look at just to see what kind of message you're projecting in regards to showing people who you are and what you do. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Diane. This has been a great time talking with you. And I will say this to all of your listeners. If you're digging this content, I know Diane puts a lot of effort into what she's doing. Take a minute to let her know on Apple Podcasts. Just leave a oh, quick review okay. and tell the world and tell Diane how she's doing with her show. Thank you so much for that, Jason. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Happy to do it, as I said. Right on. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, 
continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.